here, the golf course. What are we on? Hole six, I think. John's about to line it up from the rough, the rough rough. What, what iron are you using? He's using a five iron. Let's see how this goes. It's a par five. Lines it up. Takes his time. The swing. Oh, good swing. Oh, it looks like it's going to the trees, though. It, I think it went over the hill. Right where I want it. Right where he wants it. So, yeah, I'm golfing before I record. I just wanted to record this little snippet to prove that I was actually golfing. And skirt. And so far, not going too bad, but it could be better. Surprisingly, my drives have been really good today. Um, the in-between game has always been a strength of mine, and it's okay. But putting, man, putting's been terrible. But the driving, surprisingly, has been really good. I'm not putting a lot of power into it. Instead, I'm just trying to focus on my form and technique. And it's going straight. I mean, it's not going as far as it... I like it too, but it kind of matters, you know, it being straight. Continuing on the same hole, I kind of lost the ball, but then I found it. And then I went to go kind of get it out, just to get back on the fairway. Or if I was lucky on the green and um, it's in the next tee box, at least I thought, think it is. I'll have to go find it again. But, you know, this is my first time golfing in two years. I have low expectations, in all honesty. Although I'm very competitive, so I want to do good. But it's kind of a double-bladed sword, to be honest. What's up, everybody? Welcome back to episode number 90 of Murph's Boston Sports Talk. I'm your host, James Murphy, a.k.a. Murph. And yes, today is episode number 90. Holy smokes, we're almost at the big hundo. 100 absolutely nuts crazy i can't believe it but you know me i'm more than humble i am appreciative and i am thankful i do not let any of this get to my head but hopefully you had a fantastic week this past week and everything is going according to your plan kids are back in school people are back at work if they were out of work right and summer turning into fall football's back baseball is winding down basketball and hockey are soon on the horizon soon we will be able to talk hopefully all four sports teams at the same time or at least in the same episodes right because if the red sox can squeak into the playoffs we'll have that patriots you know their season will be you know mid-form by then and patriots and bruins stuff will be just kind of on the brink of it just starting right or early season so it is an excellent time right now uh, it's definitely nerve-wracking, do not get me wrong, Red Sox could get in, could not get in, and I promise we will talk about them later in this episode, towards the end, because we have a lot of Patriots and football stuff to discuss, but I know I've said that I won't talk about the Red Sox, but I cannot ignore the fact that they are in the heat of a battle for the American League wildcard. A crazy, crazy wildcard battle that they have going on between them the Yankees, the Blue Jays. It's just absolutely nuts what's going on over there in the American League East and just the American League in general because, the, I mean, the A's and, I mean, the Mariners were still in it. Those teams are kind of on the outside now looking in, and it seems like unless one of those other teams or a couple of those other teams fall apart, it just ain't going to happen. So we're going to definitely talk about wild card and obviously with the division well out of grasp and you would have liked to have had it, Unfortunately, that is not going to happen. 
although it should have happened and kind of why I took a hiatus from talking Red Sox. But I'm not going to ignore the fact that they are in the thick of a battle. And it is beyond, absolutely beyond thrilling with all things considered. So we'll talk about that. And obviously, like I mentioned, we have so much Patriot stuff to talk about. This, that, everything in between as we look ahead to the Patriots Week 2 matchup against the Titans of New York, a.k.a. the New York Jets. The J-E-T-S, Jets, Jets, Jets. Yeah, that's the chant that they do. Um, I'm, I'm sorry if I just horrified you, <laughs> horrified you with that, but hopefully, hopefully Patriots squeeze out a win and we have a bunch of uh, stories to talk about in regards to the Patriots, like I mentioned, leading up to Sunday's game. I did mention at the end of last episode on Monday, episode 89, that there will be no Murph's Boston Sports Talk Monday and Friday. I am away on my honeymoon with Kim as we're getting married tomorrow. Ooh, 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 yeah. And um, I do plan on uploading some YouTube videos, so definitely go check out my YouTube channel if you haven't, Murph's Card Town and Sports Shop. I plan to upload something, something every day while I'm down there. I know I won't be able to sit down and record any episodes, but at least if I can throw some content out there for you, at least that is something for you to munch on until I get back for the following Monday's episode of Murph's Boston Sports Talk. So without further ado, let's dive into this. Um, Oh, real quick before I do, actually, golfing was fun today. I'll just talk about that real, real quick for a brief moment. I haven't golfed in two years for many reasons. One, obviously, pandemic, COVID, duh. I know kind of golfing may have took an uptick, but I don't know. I just, I, I, I didn't golf during the pandemic. Second one, moving into the shop. Took a huge chunk of my time during the summer, and I just wasn't really able to hit the links. And nor did I was have anybody in the area to go golfing with. I mean, I, I have friends in Massachusetts that didn't want to come to Rhode Island. My friend John, who I was golfing with today, lives in Florida. He's up for the week. And, you know, a couple of friends that I have that live, you know, in the, in the Rhode Island, Providence area, they don't golf. So it is what it is, unfortunately. But it was fantastic to get out today. I won't tell you what I shot because it was Okay, it was a 51. All right, 51 on 9. You know what? In my mind, on 18, I like to keep it under 100. So 51 times 2, yeah, that's 102. But like I mentioned, this is my first time in two years. And I walked in with a 10-stroke handicap. So 41 turns into an uh, turns into an 82. That seems a little aggressive. That seems very, very aggressive. But you know what? It is what it is. Anyways, Patriots, I know you don't care about my golfing or lack of golfing skills, so let's just talk about Patriots. All right, so I failed to know this on Sunday or, you know, after the game, and I failed to talk about it on Monday's episode, but apparently Mac Jones, phone does not need to vibrate right now. Apparently, Mac Jones was winking at Dolphins linebacker Landon Roberts, right? Apparently that was caught... I didn't see it, but apparently Mac Jones calls out a play. Tons of former Patriots defensive players are on the Dolphins. Doesn't doesn't help that uh, Brian Flores, a former defensive coach for the Patriots, is the Dolphins' head coach. So he's obviously recruited a lot of Patriots players for his team. And Landon Roberts is one of them. Uh, 
kind of known for playing fullback last year. <laughs> uh, was it last year? Was he? No, I think it was the year before. I think it was the year before he played fullback and um, wasn't terrible. I don't think linebacker playing fullback wasn't terrible. But anyways, called out a play. Elena Roberts knew it, and he you know made the adjustments for his defense. You know, being the linebacker, and Mac Jones like, apparently winked at him, and Mac Jones has a defense for said wink. So there's an article from Fox News written by Paula Didage. I hope I'm saying that right. Mac Jones gave a cheeky wink to former New England Patriots linebacker Landon Roberts before a snap during Sunday's game against the Miami Dolphins. And Wednesday, the rookie revealed just why. Jones told reporters during a press conference that the wink came after Roberts, who spent four seasons with the New England Patriots before signing with the Dolphins, in 2020, actually called the snap. Um, quote, it was just kind of fun in games, Jones said with a smile. It was just in the middle of the play. They actually, like, called out our play. So I was like, ah, nice catch. It was just fun in games. Jones said he went through with the call anyways. Hmm, interesting. Quote, I just stuck to what I was supposed to do. Sometimes they don't know the answers either. End quote. Patriots would lose 17-16s, but Jones is already focusing on the Week 2 matchup against the New York Jets. Quote, you can sit there and feel bad for yourself for a little bit because you are a human, and that's what you're supposed to do. You're in the Or you're in the wrong profession, but you've just got to move on, he said. Um, there's a video of the wink. Let's see. I'm trying to watch it now. Oh, I kind of see, though. It was very subtle. It almost looked like a blink, to be honest. Like, it was like... Ah, like, you know, he just really exaggerated the wink. I know he's a rookie quarterback, Mac Jones, and he's not experienced by all means. It was his first NFL game, first start, first time playing all four quarters. New offense, relatively speaking for him, obviously just picking it up a few months ago. But him saying, I just stuck to what I was supposed to do. That doesn't sit well with me. You can still sit there and call an audible. I don't know at what point in the game this was. You could have called a timeout, ran over the sidelines. Hey, Josh, they know the plays we're calling, and you guys got to come up with something. Hand signs, you know, silent calls, something like that. I, I wish it would have showed a lot of – it would have showed a lot of experience and maturity if he did change the play. I mean, I don't know how much time was on the play clock for, the, for all that matter. But – Ideally, I don't want to spend too much time on this because, like I said, it is last week and I do have a lot of stuff to talk about. But I do wish that he sat there, made an adjustment, called a different play, or even changed the size of the play. But then again, you can't change the side of the play, you know, just because someone knows that you're running and then go to the other side when you shouldn't go to the other side. But Landon Roberts, you know, made changes to his defense. I, I don't know. That, that's a tricky one. Obviously, in the heat of things, you may not think of something like that. Oh, my goodness. Fire truck so loud. I don't know if the mic picked it up, but oh, my goodness, it is so loud. But um, I, I don't know. You you would just think, like, oh, shit, they know our play. Oh, crap, what are we going to do? Let's, let's call something else. You would think that would happen, right? You would think that a quarterback would do that instead of maybe just wink. The wink is kind of like what Cam Newton would do, right? You all ever see the video where I believe he's playing the Packers by the goal lines in the gun or whatever, calls out a play. And one of the linebackers, might have been Clay Matthews, calls it out, whether it's a run or play action or, or a quarterback keeper. And Cam Newton, like, looks at him, points to him. He's like, hey, you've been watching film too, huh? And then he's like, oh, watch this. And he goes with the play. 
I mean, just because they know the play is doesn't mean they're automatically going to stop it. I don't know. That wink just kind of rubbed me off the wrong way. Uh, I just stick to what I'm supposed to do. I don't like that either. You know, next dead ball or whatever, maybe you run over there and say, hey, they know the play. You know, we got to mix it up. That could have happened, and he just didn't mention it. But I don't want to dive too too much into it because, you know, what's the point? <laughs> what's the point? Um, let's see. Sean Wade. So Sean Wade was the rookie cornerback out of uh, the Ohio State University that the Patriots traded for from the Ravens late in the preseason. They gave up like a fifth and a seventh. And he talks – he shares intricate details about Patriots, recalls Mac Jones beating Cam Newton 7-on-17. Seven seven so there's an article from CBS Boston, uh, boston.cbslocal.com. This is written by – uh, just says cbsboston.com staff. So whoever wrote it, here we go. Quote, the Patriot way, end quote, is a saying that nobody ever really been able to define. It's been used by pundits and commentators and even some players over the years, but it's always been a bit of a vague term. All right, let's just get to the good stuff. Now, here we go. A fifth round pick out of Ohio State in this year's draft was traded by the Ravens to the Patriots in late August. On Thursday, he shared what stood out the most about the differences between the Ravens operation and the way the Patriots do business. Uh, I have an article about that that might dive deeper into that, so I'll get to that in a little bit. Uh, For Wade, the biggest difference is in the weight room. Quote, here we do a lot of legs. In Baltimore, they do a lot of single single legs, single arms, and stuff like that. Here you do a lot of legs. You bench and things like that. But every day is definitely a leg day here. I see they really want to work on your explosion here. That's the number one thing, Wade said. Quote, practice-wise, it's kind of the same because you got a lot of the guys that are vets and they're very intense. It's just probably harder in Baltimore. That'll be the little difference. Meeting-wise, it's probably the same, but lifting is probably the most difficult thing in the playbook because it's a different language. Wait, what? Uh, Meeting-wise, it's probably the same, but lifting, yeah, okay. I want to make sure I read that right. While Wade has now been in the Patriots system for a few weeks, he's admitted that the initial transition wasn't easy. Quote, Oh yeah, that adjustment, I'm not going to lie, is very, very hard. Just going to Baltimore, learning their defense and how they play, how they practice and coming here, it's a totally different atmosphere. They practice different. They lift different. Here, the coaches are different here. The system is different here, Wade said. Quote, so it's just something I have to adjust to, and that's a part of life. So you got to adjust in life, and it's just something I got to adjust to. And to get to where I want in my goals, I had to adjust. Very humble. He sounds very humble. He obviously knows what he needs to do, but hopefully he can make these adjustments. Hopefully it's not too hard of an adjustment. Obviously being drafted by the Ravens in April, you're excited. You just want to dive into the playbook and learn everything and be a leader on that defense. And just as you think you start to understand it, think you just start to know it, then you get traded. And then you just got to start from ground zero. You you really got to start from ground zero. And I couldn't imagine how difficult that must have been. So hopefully, you know, I'll give him a couple extra weeks. But, you know, hopefully by October he kind of figures out the team, how things are ran defensively, weight room, meeting-wise, and all that good stuff. Despite the challenges, Wade was excited to join an organization with the history of winning in the past 20 years. Quote, you win here, and I'm a winner, Wade said. 
Quote, I won four state championships, a little league national championship, Big Ten championships, so I'm a winner. And that's all I care about is winning. So I'm I'm on a winning program, and right now all I care about is winning. I like this guy. I like this guy. I'm a little league national champion. Wee! <laughs> oh, my goodness. But, you know, congratulations on all your winning. Hopefully it doesn't make you cocky. Hopefully it still keeps you humble and hungry and motivated. That's me. Back to the article. Wade said that the veterans in the defensive backfield have helped catch him up to speed since joining the team. He was also friendly with Mac Jones, with whom he played 7-on-7 while growing up in the Jacksonville area. Wade said that he and Jones beat a team coached by Cam Newton, and the Jones in New England is the same Jones that Wade saw many years ago. Quote, Mac is the same. Mac is Mac as he is today, Wade said. Quote, I feel like 7-on-7 playing with us, he got that grit. Just how he acts right now, I feel like that came from... That came from kind of 7-on-7 playing with us. This is a little confusing. Mac's the same person. We used to play Cam Newton's team. I remember thinking, I remember Mac talking junk. I think he threw a winning touchdown that game and stuff like that. So Mac's always been the same person. A lot of people doubted him when he was younger, saying, do not go to Bama. But you see what he did. He's one of the best, I feel like, to come out of Alabama. In my opinion, I always believe in Mac. Wade recalled the win over Cam Newton's team came when he was in the 10th grade. The rookie w- was asked if he brought up the memorable victory upon meeting Newton in the locker room. Quote, I did. I told him, Wade said with a laugh. I told him. Interesting. So Cam Newton lost to Mac Jones, what, in the 10th grade? When Cam was, uh, Mac was in the 10th grade, you f- uh, flash forward eight or so years and... Mac Jones beats him in professional football. That is that's nuts. I mean, really not a lot of, you know, I don't want to say that, you know, there's really nothing too crazy to take away from that story except the fact that, you know, Sean Wade, you know, transitioning from Baltimore and such and that he likes Mac Jones. Um Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I got really not not too much about it. I just thought it was an interesting story that I wanted to share with you guys. And I guess it kind of, you know, I'm not going to read the second article about Sean Wade, how it explains, you know, the differences he knows between the Patriots and the Ravens. I kind of feel like that was covered. So, hey, hey, enough with the ad. So I guess I'll talk about the next article, and that is coming from NBCSports.com, written by Darren Hartwell, titles, Patriots work out four players, including speedy running back. So let's dive into this article, and it's really nothing crazy because I haven't heard anything about um, any of these guys getting signed, but it's definitely interesting to keep track of because, excuse me, I just chugged a ton of water. My mouth was so dry because these guys could get signed in the practice squad and they make an impact later on, um, but it's just, I just want to keep you guys in the loop, anything at all, Patriots, because that's what I do here on the podcast, Murray's Boston Sports Talk, talk about Patriots stuff. Uh, article, depth is a consistent necessity in the NFL, and the New England Patriots explored a few options Tuesday. The Patriots hosted four players for workout workouts Tuesday at Gillette Stadium during an off day from practices as they prepare for Week 2 matchup with the New York Jets. Here's the skinny on each player. I don't like that. How about here's the rundown or here's like a, a summary of each player? Here's a skinny? I've never heard that in my life. I'm sure that's a phrase that people use. I've just never heard of it, and I do not like it. 
Anyways, Nathan Cottrell, running back, Georgia Tech. Cottrell went undrafted in 2020 despite turning heads with a 4.38 second 40-yard dash at Georgia Tech's Pro Day. Shout out Georgia Tech. He spent the last two seasons on the Jaguars practice squad before Jacksonville released him last Monday. Interesting. The Patriots have plenty of running back depth, but rookie Ramondre Stevenson was benched early against the Miami Dolphins after fumbling on his lone carry. Cottrell also played special teams at Georgia Tech, so this could be a special teams kind of a move, potentially. And Could this be kind of a, a, a thing where, I don't know, because Brandon Bolden doesn't have crazy speed. He's a running back, but he's a special teamer. And, I mean, if Cottrell comes in to, for special teams, that's where you start. Maybe get a few handoffs. Maybe kind of phase out Brandon Bolden because he is getting older as well. And I mean, I mean, I guess Brandon Bolden was with the Patriots for a while. Then he leaves for Miami for, like, what, one year, and then he comes back. It's definitely – and then, yeah, you see Brandon Bolden get a couple carries or, or at least one carry on Sunday's game. So it's like, what are we doing? Why is he getting carries? But, I don't know. That's the skinny on him, right? Derwin Gray, offensive tackle, Maryland. A seventh-round pick of the Steelers in 2019, Gray spent two seasons in Pittsburgh before stints with the Jaguars and Tennessee Titans. The six-foot-five, 320-pound lineman would provide depth at tackle after starter Trent Brown suffered a calf injury Sunday, although Brown's injury appears to be minor. I believe I heard that he wasn't on the injury report yesterday, at least, so he might be back, but... Hey, having offensive line depth is never, never a bad thing. You cannot have too much offensive line depth. Uh, Jordan Meredith, offensive guard, Western Kentucky. Meredith signed with Los Angeles Rams as an undrafted free agent this spring before the team waived him during final roster cuts. He stands at six foot three, three 302 pounds, and played primarily right guard in college. These are real skinnies on, on these guys. Lyndon Stevens, linebacker, Cincinnati. Stevens signed with the New Orleans Saints as an undrafted free agent in 2018 and has changed uh, has changed teams six times over the last four years. He appeared in 13 games for the Seattle Seahawks in 2020, taking 164 snaps on special teams. Those are the skinny for each player. I haven't heard any news of any of these guys getting signed, whether it's practice squad or to the active roster. So I'm assuming that it was just work out, see what you got, check them out. Teams do this all the time in the NFL. Literally every 32 team does it a handful of times during you know a month or whatever. And I guess the Patriots wanted to check things out. All right, so that's that. And before I talk about Patriots-Jets, let's run down the whole league talking about I'm going to pick teams who I think is going to win their matchup on Sunday and Monday for the Monday game. I don't want to dive too much into the Washington football game against the New York Giants, but the football team did win 30-29 to in a hilarious way of losing for the Giants as, oh, man, the kicker shanked the kick. However, there was a flag, and it was a Dexter Lawrence uh, I I forget I forget who not Dexter Lawrence, uh whoever whoever's the the uh, the down lineman for let's see can I can I find this real quick, yeah Dexter Lawrence okay I was right Dexter Lawrence for the Giants goes offsides encroachment or whatever the hell it was five yards closer kick it again 
and he makes it. He almost missed it the second time, too, but he was able to make it. So there's that. I'm not going to dive too much into it. I don't really care. Good win for the football team. Much needed bounce back win. Good to see Taylor Heineke ball out. And hopefully, hopefully this can be a sign of good things for the football team. I have a lot of hopes for them in the NFC East and in the NFC as a whole. I think they're a good, solid team, even without Ryan Fitzpatrick. But the New York Giants down 0-2. They suck. I called it. All right. I'm just going to go in order of the games that are presented in front of me. Raiders at Steelers. I'm hearing a lot of stuff that the Steelers got a little bit of juice after their win in Buffalo. Raiders, yes, they beat the Ravens, but their heads are going to be inflated thinking that they can beat anybody. I don't know how good the Raiders truly are. Big win for the Steelers if they can get it, and I do think they will get it. So I'm picking the Steelers to beat the Las Vegas Raiders in Pittsburgh. 49ers visiting Philadelphia as they face the Eagles. Eagles coming off a big win. Uh, wait, Eagles Eagles won, right? Yeah, they did. Okay. Um, I don't know. I don't know. I think that defense is going to really shut down the Eagles' offense. If that's the case, the, uh, the 49ers will run away with it. I think it'll be a good game early, but I think the 49ers might tail away. It's just going to depend on how the offense looks for the 49ers. You know, gun to my head, though, I will pick the 49ers to beat the Philadelphia Eagles this week in Week 2. Texans visiting the Browns. Texans got a surprise win Week 1, I ain't going to lie. Browns almost beat the Chiefs in Week 1. I still think the Browns are going to beat them. They're the superior team. Excuse me. I had them deep in the playoffs. Texans, probably the number one overall pick, so they got to lose at some point, right? And I think this is going to be the game that they lose. Big bounce back game for the Browns, but if for some some reason the Texans are able to win this game, they'll go to two and zero, and they'll have a little bit of juice. And then that conversation when I come back next Monday, depending what they do week three, is going to be a really freaking interesting one. But let's hope we don't have to have it because I do have the Browns beating the Texans in Cleveland this week. Denver Broncos visiting the Jacksonville Jaguars. The Jaguars get to open up their home stadium to themselves this week instead of having the Saints play there, which, you know, very thankful for the Jaguars being able to allow the Saints to play due to Hurricane Ida down in New Orleans in that area. But the Broncos coming in, both teams coming in. Actually, no, the Broncos Broncos won. Broncos are 1-0, and the Jaguars are 0-1. I don't know. I kind of feel the same about the Broncos that do with the Texans. You know, if they can go to 2-0 here, that'd be a huge win. You know, it'd be an interesting conversation to have. It's still early, though. I have no expectations for the Jaguars. This honestly could be a toss-up. I like the consistency a little bit more from the Broncos' offense. So I think I'm going to go Broncos beating the Jacksonville Jaguars and Trevor Lawrence getting his second professional loss. The world is collapsing for him. New Orleans Saints visiting the Carolina Panthers for a week two matchup, a divisional matchup there. Saints looked really freaking good, let me tell you. Jameis Winston looks like MVP caliber player. Panthers looked good, though. They struggled. I mean, they struggled late against the Jets week one. I'm going to pick the Saints here. I really like the Saints. People are sleeping on the Saints. I'm trying not to do so. I don't think I am because I've always had the caveat of it's going to depend on Jameis Winston. It's going to depend on Jameis Winston. And 
He performed against Green Bay, so I'm going to say he doesn't have a crazy performance against the Panthers, but he's still going to be able to deliver a winning performance nonetheless. So I have the Saints beating the Panthers in Carolina Week 2. Rams, Los Angeles, visiting Colts in Indianapolis. That was the weirdest thing. Why did I say that? Why did I say Rams, Los Angeles? Los Angeles Rams visiting the Indianapolis Colts. I don't know. I'm just a little... I'm on some. I'm on something, let me tell you. Oh, man. Colts got to get a dub. Rams, I think, are just, you know, they have so much swagger right now. Matthew Stafford looks like an MVP caliber player just in one performance. Yeah, I'm buying in. I'm going Rams, and they're moving to 2-0. I have them winning the Super Bowl this year, and I think they'll take care of business here in Indy. Bills need a win. Dolphins coming off a big win. Down in Miami, going to be a good game. I just don't think the Tua and the Miami Dolphins will be able to handle a speedy uh, Bills front line because the Patriots rather slow, stronger, but like I said, slower. Bills will kind of kill you with that shifty speed coming off the line in terms of you know the defensive side of the ball. So I'm picking the Bills to win. I feel like this game will go one of two ways. That... The Dolphins will absolutely get blown out by the Bills because they're going to be full of themselves and way too cocky. Or first half, maybe three quarters might be competitive, but then the Bills might kind of take it away. If the Bills do lose this game, though, it's going to draw us for some interesting conversations up in Buffalo. I don't think they will, but if the Bills do lose and the Dolphins do win, Man, some teams are winning that I didn't think would. Some teams are losing that I didn't think would. But at the end of the day, I am picking the Buffalo Bills to win down in Miami against the Dolphins. Patriots versus Jets. I'll talk more about this in a little bit. So just to kind of skip all that or at least pause that until later, I have the Patriots beating the Jets in the Meadowlands for our our Week 2 matchup against the New York Jets. Must win for the Patriots. Bengals visiting the Bears. We got the battle of animals. Don't judge me, guys. Please. Please don't judge me. Bengals, Bears. Bengals looked good. I ain't going to lie. They were a little slow to start, but they looked good. Bears, though. Bears need a win. Bears need a must win. I don't know. As long as Andy Dalton's the quarterback, I don't think I can convince myself to say that oh bears are going to be a good team because even during the you know before the season started and i picked my you know playoff predictions and all that i only was a fan of the bears if justin fields was eventually turned to the starter and as long as he's not the starter and dalton is i just think that offense is going to be very stagnant and i think the Bengals have a lot of explosivity so i'm going to go Bengals beating the bears up in the windy city Moving to 4 o'clock games, we have the Atlanta Falcons playing against the defending Super Bowl champions, Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Buccaneers. I mean, I just don't think the Falcons defense can stop them. It's only a matter of can the Falcons offense keep up with the Buccaneers. And I I think they could for a little bit because they got some nice weapons down there. But at the end of the day, it's just... It's so hard to compare the Buccaneers to any other team because of the talent that they have. Both sides of the ball, not just offensively, but defensively too. And this game is home, so I'm picking the Buccaneers to beat the Falcons. 
in our first 4 o'clock game that at least I'm covering. Vikings, Cardinals. Cardinals are good. That defense looked really good. Kyler looked locked in in that offense. Minnesota needs a, uh, needs a win here if they want to be anywhere competitive in the NFC North. But then again, the Packers lost, the Bears lost, and the Lions lost. So right now it's really anyone's division. But to really capitalize on all the NFC North teams losing in Week 1, Vikings could use a must-win here. But home, Cardinals, that defense looks good. Like I said, Kyler looks locked in. I'm going to pick the Cardinals to beat the Vikings in Week 2 in Arizona. Titans, Seahawks. Titans look terrible Week 1. That whole offense just looked terrible. They got ran over by the Cardinals, matter of fact. Seahawks... I like the Seahawks. That offense looked really good week one. Defense, I'm not sold on. Big bounce back game for the Titans. They, they need a bounce back win. I don't know if they get that, though, because they're in Seattle. If this game was in Tennessee, I could convince myself Tennessee. But I'm going to go Seahawks here. I'm picking the Seahawks to win against the Titans. Titans go 0-2. Seahawks go 2-0. Cowboys. Duh, boys. Facing against the Los Angeles Chargers in L.A. Ah, that's going to be a big game. That's going to be a big game. Cowboys got to get their feet back. They had a they suffered a close, heartbreaking loss against the Buccaneers week one last Thursday. Well, uh, they go to the Chargers. Chargers are 1-0. Chargers feeling good about themselves. I think it's going to be a good game. I think this might be one of the best games of the week, in all honesty. It might come down to who has the ball last, whose defense can make the stops and make the plays that need to be made. I'm picking Cowboys to beat the Chargers, but don't get me wrong, I will not be surprised if the Chargers win. But for the record, I am picking the Cowboys. All right, Sunday Night Football, Chiefs, Ravens. Chiefs coming off a good big win against the Browns, a close, close game against the Browns for that fact. And the Ravens coming off their big Monday Night loss against the Oakland Raiders. They get their second primetime game, so hopefully we don't have to see them on the big screen because that offense looked wretched. That defense, still not sold on it. I don't think it has all the pieces that it needs, but that offense just looked absolutely wretched. Raiders definitely had Lamar Jackson's number, and I think the Chiefs will do the same. I got the Chiefs winning this game. It may be close. The Ravens may make it a ball game late, but at the end of the day, I'm picking the Chiefs to win, and I will not be surprised if it's a blowout. At all. My pick, Chiefs beating the Ravens in Baltimore Sunday Night Football. And then Monday Night Football, we have the Lions going to Green Bay to play the Packers. Big game for the Packers. They need to beat this Lions team because if they don't, then the season's probably packed in and Rodgers is done. But say he does want to play and he actually does want to win, that I will pick the Packers in this game to win on Monday Night Football. And I think they will pick and I think they will win. But that's just my opinion. But those are my... Uh, matchup prediction. I'll run through it really quickly. I got the Steelers beating the Raiders, the 49ers beating the Eagles, the Browns beating the Texans, the Broncos winning against the Jaguars, the Saints beating the Panthers, Rams defeating the Colts, the Bills winning against the Dolphins, Patriots beating Jets, Bengals beating the Bears, Buccaneers beating the Falcons, Cardinals defeating the Vikings, Seahawks winning against the Titans, Cowboys beating the Chargers, but would not be surprised if the Chargers do win. I think that's the game of the week right there. Chiefs beating the Ravens and the Packers beating the D, uh, Detroit Lions. All right. So, Patriots stuff. 
What am I expecting? Here are the three things that I'm expecting for this game. And the shop opens up in three minutes, so I got to hurry up here. Three things. Mac Jones. How can he rebound after a difficult loss? What is he going to look like? First NFL start on the road. And, you know, first game was nice at home in Foxborough. How do you handle against the Jets crowd there in New York? I'm looking forward to how the rookie can handle that atmosphere. Second, ball security. You have to hang on to the ball. I can understand one fumble here and there, but don't fumble the ball four times a game. Keep the ball. The offense looked really good when you were running effectively and then converting with short passes. I do would like to see the playbook opened up, but maybe not here You know, on the road early in the season when you do need a win. I think this game is a must-win for the New England Patriots. So my second key or thing to look for is ball security. And then the third one, Hmm, what's my third one? I had it. I had it. I forgot it, though. What was it? Was it defense? Was it defensive oriented? Oh, defense. Yeah. Shut down Zach Wilson. Because Zach Wilson looked pretty bad that first half against the Panthers. Then he kind of turned on a little bit and made that game into a game. So really affect the rookie Zach Wilson. Don't let him get ahead of you. Don't let him get any swagger because he will pick you apart and tear that defense apart. Make sure you stop the run game. Make sure you suffocate the passing game. So I'm really looking forward to how the defense can react here on the road in New York. Those are my three things I'm looking forward to in the Patriots-Jets game. Like I mentioned, I do have the Patriots winning this game. And it, in my opinion, it is a must-win for the New England Patriots. So hopefully they get that freaking W. All right, so that is everything football that I needed to talk about. All those articles about Mac Jones, Sean Wade, all the good stuff, breaking down uh, the Patriots and you know bringing in a few guys for some workouts. And then obviously covering the league in the Patriots as we approach week two. Oh, officially week two has started, obviously, with Thursday night's game, or last night's game, I should say, between the football team and the Giants. So I do want to transition and talk a little bit about Red Sox. I don't want to talk specifically Red Sox because I'm still very, you know, upset with them, sour taste in my mouth about the Red Sox. However, I cannot ignore the fact that they are the heat of a wild card battle. I cannot ignore that. This wild card race might be one of the better wild card races we've seen in a long time in in baseball. I, I I think that because you can't really look to the National League this year and say like, oh my god, that wild card race is so freaking you know tight too. And and it is that second wild card spot is crazy tight. Do not get me wrong. But the first spot is already taken by the Dodgers, who are 17 games up on the second seed. For the wild card. Like, it's crazy. And, like, I heard on the radio, it was like, oh, you know, I, I hate how they added the second wild card to it. I'm like, why? It makes the season actually interesting and the games watchable and good at this time of year. Because, say you get rid of the second wild card spot, it is the San Francisco Giants who have clinched a spot, the Milwaukee Brewers who clinched the Central, the Atlanta Braves who clinched. Uh, they didn't clinch the East, but they clinched a spot. Did they clinch the East? No, they didn't. No, no, no. There's too much games left. Too many games left. It's just like the Dodgers are 17 games up on the St. Louis Cardinals, who have the second wild card right now. So no second wild card. The National League is basically decided. I mean, yeah, the, there's the Atlanta Braves. Yes, there's the Philadelphia Phillies, who are two and a half games out. Actually, they're only um, how many games out are the. Hold on. Let me get there. Give me a second. I have it on the wrong tab. 
the Braves have a three-game lead on the Phillies, a five-and-a-half game lead on the Mets, and there's like 12 games left, 13 games left across the league. So, yeah, there's a race still there to be had, but it's, it's, it's going to be really tough. I mean, luckily, we have that second wild card spot. So, right now, the, uh, the Cardinals have that spot, but tomorrow, it could be the Padres. The day after, it could be the Cincinnati Reds. You know, Phillies get hot real quick. They could sneak in there. Who knows? So it just keeps the season interesting. And if there was only one wild card spot, yeah, it would make the American League even more interesting because only one of the Blue Jays, Red Sox, Yankees, A's, and Mariners, although I think they're kind of on the outside looking in. But, hey, you never know. There's still two weeks left of the regular season. Anything can happen. I mean, A's are only three games out. Seattle's only four games out. Doesn't look likely because, you know, the Yankees, Blue Jays, and the Red Sox are all ahead of them. But you never know. Crazy things could happen. You just can't discount anything this time of year when the race is so hot. And I want to talk about that. Trust me, guys. I don't want to not talk about the Red Sox because they suck. You know, during the spring when the Celtics sucked, I did not want to talk about them because they sucked. I love basketball. I love baseball. I want to talk about these sports. I don't want to talk about these teams because this is why I made the podcast is to talk about the Boston Red Sox, the Boston Celtics, the Boston Bruins, and the New England Patriots. I'm a sports junkie. I want to talk sports. I want you to listen. I want you to engage, whether it's on social media or down the YouTube comments. I want to have a conversation, talk sports with people. And when I can't talk about one of the teams because they absolutely suck and they blew the division, all while... The Bruins and the Celtics aren't playing. They're in the most boring time of the year for them. And the Patriots training camp had just started. So it's like, yeah, there's headlines and discussions to be had there. But like, you know, Cam versus Mac didn't heat up just yet. You know, Sony Michelle didn't just get traded. We haven't had a preseason game yet. So what's, you know, to really talk about? You know, for the summer, it's it's just Red Sox. Oh, it's just baseball, I should say. So it was really difficult to not talk about the Red Sox because I wanted to so bad. And there was times where they performed excellent. And then there was times where they just sucked friggin' terribly. I'm not, I'm not going to throw a word there, but you get the picture, right? <sighs> okay. There's my little itty-bitty baby rant. So what am I looking forward to? What am I looking forward to as the pennant chase, as the playoffs are looming, as they near, they are just on the horizon. They're breaking the horizon where we can just see it. What do I think? What do I think is going to transpire? Let us start. Let me start in the National League. Well, the Brewers are going to win the Central. I think the Braves will hold on and win the East. Dodgers are obviously going to get into the playoffs along with the Giants, whether one has the West and one has the wild card. That's already been decided. They're both already in. So, the second wild card spot, I really thought it was going to be the Padres for the longest time, but they've kind of slipped a little bit. The Reds have caught up. The Cardinals have caught up, seeing that they hold the second wild card spot. The Mets have fallen off a cliff. The Phillies are kind of back in it. And then, you know, I don't know. I don't know about the Phillies. I do think the Padres will hold on to it. I think. I mean, I think they'll kind of make that half game back up and sneak in. That one game playoff between the Padres and the Dodgers with all of like the chatter and all of this and that that came into the season. 
I think that's going to be riveting for a one-game play-in. Clayton Kershaw versus who Who would the Padres throw? Hugh Darvish, maybe? Blake Snell? I mean, I guess freaking everybody, right? So that's what I want in the National League. I will not be surprised if the Cardinals get in. I won't be surprised if the Reds get in. I will be surprised if the Phillies or the Mets get in. Phillies, two and a half games. Mets, five. So I don't think the Mets will, hence why the surprise. Phillies, two and a half games back. I would be surprised because, A, they're two and a half games back, and they got three teams to jump. So be really interesting. So definitely keep your eye out for that second wildcard spot. Switching to the American League. Rays are going to win the East, unfortunately. The Astros have separated themselves from the A's and the Mariners for the West, so I guess I'll give it to them. And the White Sox have had the Central ever since the dawn of time. Blue Jays and the Red Sox right now own the first two wildcard spots with the Blue Jays ever so slightly ahead of them based off a win percentage. Yankees half a game back. And like I mentioned before, the A's and the Mariners are three and four games behind the Yankees respectively. Or I should say the Red Sox for the second spot respectively. I did not expect the Blue Jays to be in this conversation right now. I mentioned this on Monday, how they're just soaring and they're doing this and doing all that. Whoa. Can they hold on? I think that's going to be the biggest question for the Toronto Blue Jays. Yeah, this push has been fantastic for them. Yeah, they've made a lot of noise recently. But is it going to be sustainable? Will they be able to do this for the next two weeks and then obviously into the playoffs if they make it there? I personally, at the, at the beginning of the season, had the Blue Jays winning the division as my sleeper, my sneaky sleeper pick. That's obviously out the door, but the, could they still get in as a wild card? Absolutely. Red Sox, I think, should make the playoffs, but it's just so tight. It's so close. I mean, one day, it's the Red Sox and Blue Jays. The next day, it's the Yankees-Blue Jays. The day after that, it's Blue Jays-Red Sox. It's just all over the place. It's very stressful. But it just, the topics, the conversation, they just generate themselves. It's fantastic. And I really can't wait to see how this transpires. And I want to get back into it because, well, at least I want to start talking about it again because this is what we want in baseball, whether it's your team or not that's, you know, grasping for a a wild card spot. But this is what baseball wants. This is what baseball needs is multiple teams in the playoff picture with a mere two weeks to go, a one week to go, and a series to go. This is what the league needs. This is what the league wants. This is what I want. This is what, I don't know, do I need this? I mean, I'd rather the Red Sox be winning in the division by 10 games and letting other teams battle it out. But you get my point. If I had to pick right now who's going to win the two wildcard spots remaining, I think it's going to be the Red Sox and Yankees. But I would re- I'd really like to see the Blue Jays. But we all know, baseball enthusiasts, baseball old-timers, the Major League Baseball, ESPN, Everybody's going to want Red Sox-Yankees for that one game plan. Everybody's going to want that. I do too. I would love that. I think that would be friggin' awesome. But Yankees are kind of reeling themselves as of late. Blue Jays, like I mentioned, they're soaring. They're on fire. Red Sox, they beat, us, uh, they beat the Seattle Mariners. They won a series in Seattle for the first time since 2014, 13 that I heard on the radio. I, I forget what it was. So, a lot to happen still. A lot is going to transpire, and I cannot wait to talk more about it 
next Monday. Not this coming Monday, but next Monday. Hopefully things are still relatively the same in all my opinion because that'd be, like I said, friggin' awesome to come back, talk about the wildcard picture for both the American and the National League. And it's still tight as it is right now. Maybe it'll get even tighter where the A's and the Mariners kind of sneak back in. Maybe the Phillies become a game out and the Mets. Maybe they're two, three games out. We're just going to have to wait and see how the rest of the season transpires and how the playoff picture slowly, slowly starts to unfold. But ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, that is going to do it for episode number 90 of Murph's Boston Sports Talk. If you have any thoughts, questions, comments, concerns, anything that you want to talk about that I talked about, or anything that I didn't talk about that you want to talk about, reach out to me on social media at Murph's Cardtown, or you can reach out to me in the comment section below of this YouTube video if that is how you're watching this. You can jot your thought, question, comments, concern, anything like that down in the comment section or on social media, whichever you prefer. If you are watching this on YouTube, I do please ask you to like this video if you did enjoy today's episode, as that'd be a huge, huge way to support the channel, the shop, and everything that I do here at Murph's Card Town and Sports Shop. Also, could you please hit that big giant red subscribe button as well, as that would be even more appreciative of your support, as that would mean so much if you could subscribe to the YouTube channel. For those listening on audio-only platforms, Spotify, Apple, Google, Amazon, anywhere you listen to your podcast, you can find me. I thank you so much for downloading, listening, and enjoying. As always, folks, that's going to do it for today's episode. I will catch you Monday. What day is Monday? Oh, where's my calendar? What day is the Monday that I come back? The Monday that I come back is a 27th. So I will be recording episode number 91 on Monday, September 20. 20th? I already forget. No, 27th. I, I, my God, it's been a long day already. September 27th is when episode 91 will drop in air. That is the next time I will record. So I cannot wait to see how week two and week three go for the Patriots. I can't wait to see how the next week and a half or so shape out for not just the Red Sox, but Major League Baseball as a whole. Again, thank you so much for downloading, listening, enjoying. Thank you so much for liking, commenting, and subscribing. I will catch you in the next one which is way, way in advance between now and then. You know that I love you. You know that I will always, always see ya. big money on everything for your next project at Menards. Spring is here making it the perfect time for outdoor projects. Suncast storage sheds are an excellent solution for protecting outdoor lawn and gardening tools. They're easy to assemble and the all-weather construction provides water resistance and UV protection. Say big on Suncast storage sheds. View our selection of Suncast products today in store and on Menards.com. Save big money.